everybody! Welcome to Pale in Comparison. In this podcast, my sister uses her knowledge of the otherverse to take a look at Pact, Wildbo's least appreciated work, and I try to not give away any spoilers. I'm Jenny, and Malia convinced me to read more. I'm Malia, and Jenny convinced me to read everything else. This episode, we are covering Bonds, chapters 1.6 and 1.7. Before we get into that, however, I'd like to issue a spoiler warning. This podcast is filled with pale spoilers. If you don't know whether Aunt Heather is secretly a practitioner and don't want us to tell you, stop now, read Pale, and come back to this podcast. As for Pact, there will be full spoilers through the chapters that we are covering. Yay, I was excited for you to read these chapters. (laughs) It was very exciting. (laughs) So, all right, well, I'll go over a quick, I guess, chapters summary, and then we'll get into talking about it, okay? Mm -hmm. So... Basically, for Bonds 1.6 and 1.7, we start off, Blake tries to order a pizza and fails dreadfully. Uh, Blake and Rose start to prepare to do the awakening ceremony when they stumble across a startling note with a key to the tower room attached. Blake impulsively decides to check it out with basically no preparation. He survives and gets chewed out by Rose. They read up on the tower demon and then awaken, though it appears not to work for Rose. Mm. I guess we'll start out with what kind of pizza do you think Blake ordered that he never got? Oh, that's really interesting. The real question, right? I don't I don't like this thought, but Blake strikes me as just like a like a pepperoni pizza kind of person. Okay. Like basic bitch. Yeah. Wait, nothing wrong with a basic bitch pepperoni. See my <laughs> I love pepperoni pizza. So my boyfriend really likes pepperoni it. pizza with like roasted garlic because he's a bougie because he's basic bougie. bitch. <laughs> he's adding some pizzazz you know in four years when he finally reads pale and listens to this podcast he might be annoyed anyway i don't like pepperoni pizza because i find it too greasy like i like pepperoni on pizza is great but it needs other things because like pepperoni pizza is too greasy and i don't like it i like all the toppings i also like the weird pizzas with like goat cheese and crap i mean i like that stuff too but like i mean i guess i i do get what you mean it can get pretty greasy but like that's why you have, like, paper towels and all that. I mean, I guess it's not fun to have to, like, wipe off your food before you eat it. Yeah, and if you just add, like, you know, bell pepper or mushroom or even sausage or something, it, like, really helps. Yeah, sausage and pepperoni really... It does! I don't know why! The <laughs> sausage so soaks up the grease! Yeah, okay, whatever you say. That's a bunch of crap. <laughs> okay, that does not cut down on the grease. I don't know what kind of <laughs> well <laughs> must be having some magic mushrooms before you eat that pizza because like it does it does something I don't know it does something <laughs> <laughs> they got a basic bitch pepperoni which again I think is delicious <laughs> and Emily is too pretentious eat for it. That, apparently <laughs> yeah whatever okay anyway so yeah so then he it's like, oh, there's a bunch of others outside that look kind of hostile. Maybe we shouldn't have ordered delivery. Rose is like, yeah, why did you ask for pizza? Pizza isn't supplies. It's like, that's rude. Like, <laughs> let him order his pizza, Rose. Like, he has to eat. This is all. I, I also sort of agree that this could be a good testing the water situation. Because, like, it, he's going to need food eventually. And it might be a good idea to see how he can acquire it. I mean, unless, like, he schedules all 
of his grocery shopping in like the six hours around the council meeting, which I guess could be legit. But then if everyone fucking hates his guts like the pizza guy does, like, I don't know, they might not let him buy groceries. So. Yeah, poor Blake. It sucks. <laughs> the first call that we see was interesting because it's it made it seem like that this guy is in on it, that he knows about the others and stuff. And like a touch of a bad accent. Like I was thinking, has this call been intercepted by one of the practitioners involved or by one of the others involved to like fucking prank Blake out of his mind or whatever. I was annoyed that Blake didn't comment more about like whether the voices answering the phone and stuff were different because it makes it seem like, cause he's just like, we can't refund your order. Lol. And then the way that the others react at the end, once they reveal that it was a really horrifying joke. He got punched hard. Yeah. That, like, it, I feel like the calls were to different people almost. Like, or like different people answered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe I got as well. Yeah. One was this other eight, the other person was just kind of a dick. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, and then Rose got to take a shower, which was nice. But yeah, I thought it was really interesting because Blake starts asking her about how do you know you're nervous and how do you, you know, cause she was like, Oh, I'm so nervous or whatever. And I thought it was really interesting because she like, so in therapy, right. I, I go to therapy sometimes for anxiety and they talk to me about like noticing when I'm anxious and like that it's really important to like recognize that. And they're like, how do you know? Like, I'm like, Oh, I'm feeling anxious about this or whatever. And they're like, okay, how do you know? And oh, it's almost always physical symptoms that I'm describing. Right. Like I'm like, Oh, my eyelid twitches and I have acid reflux and you know, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and so it was like, I was really trying to, I mean, I believe Rose, I believe she knows that she's nervous or anxious or whatever, but I also trying to imagine that without having physical sensations was really interesting. And I really appreciated that. Like, like she was showering to try to reconnect with her body sort of and to like try to feel normal. And I just like, that sucks. But also like, I'm glad that she's trying and doing that and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And like brain feels anxious. I mean, I feel like pretty much most of the time when we feel anxious, there's physical symptoms along with it. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure that we all, if we got rid of, at least for me, I'm sure if I got rid of the physical symptoms, I probably would know what that felt like. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm sure our brain's, are anxious underneath that, but just the physical symptoms are so strong, you know, can't really like, kind of drowse everything else out. Right. That's really what you're feeling. Right. I mean, like maybe your thoughts would be racing or really focused on something or you'd like mm-hmm. have emotions. Right. But it's just, it's interesting trying to like separate that from your body. True. Yeah. It's pretty interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So while they're waiting for the pizza, they like talk about, Johannes and the domain and stuff. This was exciting. I get to learn what the domain ritual is and how it really like functions. Um, mm-hmm. I think with more detail than I'd ever learned. And it was exciting. Just like, here you go. Information on a platter. Um, <laughs> Yay! But you kind of magically mark out your space and then you say like, this is my space. And then everybody is like, Ooh, no, it's not. And like shows up and challenges you. And I liked that it wasn't just like combat that they were like, you know, there could be puzzles or like different things, like different types of challenges, um, because mm-hmm. like not all others or practitioners or whatever are probably that good at combat. And so it was nice, like, yeah. with the variety or whatever. And it it made me really excited thinking about Verona doing this um, in Kennet. But then it also made me really suspicious. Right. Like 
is this an ex like with Matthew and Edith? Would that be an excuse for them to challenge her if she like had this house and then set up her domain? Because like they didn't say like, and we won't try to take it back or something. Or is she kind of protected being in Kennet? Or is it like worse being in Kennet? I mean, also like the Carmine energy. She should not do this right now. <laughs> it sounds horrible. Yeah, <laughs> she'd have a lot of challengers. I feel like. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I also think that. They start talking about their, the three big rituals or whatever, and how like they feel like like Blake and Rose, and how they feel like they need, um, one to get leverage and power to do the other ones. And Blake's mm-hmm. like, well, what if we just do this one really shitty, and then this one like kind of okay, and then the third one will be great. And I'm like, no, please don't do that. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, I guess in a way that's kind of compromising with what Rose was trying to say. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's just it's really hard because they need an external power source. And I don't mm-hmm. want that power source to be demons, but like, it's gonna be demons. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be demons. Because like, what else? That's what they got. Like, Johannes yeah. had like sneak attack domain where he somehow blocked other people from realizing that he was claiming a huge area. But then also because it's such a huge area and there's a whole bunch of people in it, it seems like he maybe doesn't have quite as much control over it, but he also has to like claim the and like defend it like a trademark that was a funny comment yeah so like because they were kind of talking about him like he was kind of a newcomer to the area right Mm -hmm. so do you have any thoughts about i mean this is kind of an unfair question because it's like so early you know nothing about him but like any no he's sus well like like how do you think he could have gotten a domain that huge uh grandma's notes are like Mara was quieter than normal. And I'm like, hmm, is Mara like the rabbit girl, like the nature woman who like is like one of the like empty spaces between the countries in like last week's metaphor? And if so, like, did he make some sort of like deal with her to claim this like vast space? Hmm. I'm also confused as to how this expansion thing works. Uh, It almost seems like just like suddenly one day there was a whole bunch of like crap like, did they, like, knock down a hill or something like they want to do with, like, the Hillsglade house? Uh, did... Because it seems like it was somehow muted or blocked. Like, people couldn't hear about the domain. But also, it's not, mm-hmm. like, it's not, like, this impenetrable fortress domain. Because, like, people just kind of go there and live there and work there. And, and there's, like... I like the idea of, like, a fiefdom where there's different others and practitioners managing different parts of the domain was really interesting but then i'm like what if one of Mm -hmm. them wants a domain it's really they can't have one inside of your domain yeah yeah definitely interesting to think about Mm -hmm. um i guess just keep thinking about that as we go on if you have come up with any new developments or theories let us know yeah johannes just seems incredibly impressive um because like his familiar is a gatekeeper of the seventh ring, which you learn about in like the astral plane, blah, blah, blah. And like, that sounds really impressive. And then like the Pied Piper reference where he has, um, and a pipe implement, like, like the pipes, uh, and he like, you know, leads people off to their death or whatever the fuck. That was funny. But, and then like his huge domain, it's just like, who, who did this man make deals with? I don't know. I want to read over that familiar part again. Did they say anything else about that? Or like, He's a large. Any thoughts about what what that Afghan means? hound? 
I mean, it, it sort of reminds me of like the seventh circle of hell, but it sounded more like something to do with like stars and like deities and like constellations. Mm, astral bodies. Yeah. Okay. Keeper of the seventh ring. Okay. Yeah. So what would you, if you had to give me a big, bold prediction right now <laughs> about what that Miller is, would you just say, screw you, I'd Jenny, say like, I'm not going to give you one. It's perch. a constellation. Okay. So it, That's it, pretty cool. Yeah. So, well, uh, this reminds me of the Dragon Prince, which is like kind of a somewhat obscure show. Maybe it's on Netflix. Y'all should watch it. It's cute. Um, it's cute. But it's uh, no, I don't want to talk about it because it's sort of spoilers. It's sort of spoilers for the Dragon Prince. There's this evil seeming antagonist dude who's like a star elf dude, and I have like big strong vibes like these, like Johannes and the big the, the star guy. Okay. Vibe, or at least the familiar and the star guy. So you feel like, so you feel like <laughs> Johannes is like Viren. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think that their relationship is that unbalanced, but kind of. I guess, yeah. <laughs> Johannes kind of is Viren. Like, done. Well, <laughs> that, that's it. <laughs> that's, that's where they got the idea for the Dragon Prince, like for that whole thing from from Pact. Sure. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, I would know because I read it. So yeah. no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, trademarks. Um, people, you hear about trademarks as being things people have to defend all the time, right? Um, or you you lose them. So the common examples okay. are like Kleenex instead of like facial tissue or whatever, and like Band Aid instead of mm-hmm. like adhesive, whatever the crap. And like I can't even think of what the generic names for these things are, right? I just say Band Aid, yeah. and yet. I can't think of a single like trademark that's lost their trademark, even though they've become like so common. Like a household name, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I wonder can <laughs> practitioners really lose their domains in this way? I mean, I guess. Mm. Especially a, such a big one. But it it's also there's been talk on the Discord about Verona or somewhere about Verona possibly getting a domain and how that's like possibly unethical because like Crooked Rook is like once you take over this piece of land as a practitioner like it can't really be reverted back like practitioners taking this land is like somewhat irreversible and I was like well Alexander's domain like collapsed but then it was like oh but maybe it didn't like fully collapse actually this might have just been straight up in the Pale Reflections episode sorry y'all um (laughs) it was a really good one (laughs) if it was it's it's really interesting thinking about domains, which I still don't understand. And like, if Johannes's domain falls, would that revert to what it was before, or would the like, you know, if he didn't die, if it just like if he lost it or whatever, like, is that a way mm-hmm. to get practitioners' uh, domains away from? You know, I don't know. Because I, I feel like the domain, um, like in in Pale when. They had that one example where they were talking about like how a bunch of different practitioners, I think in the same family, like kept doing domains, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all just like to block this area off. So even after they died, it was still like a protected space. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think in that sense, like maybe it's still not a safe spot for others. So in that sense, like it's kind of taken away. Right. And even in the house, grandma was like everywhere in the house has been claimed. You have to go somewhere else. And I'm like, yeah, what? Wha- okay. I accept. Exactly. Like, should just build an extension. <laughs> like, 
put another tower in. Another, oh. like, like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, since the land isn't protected, why don't they just sell like a little bit of it and build a tower on their house? That's true. I mean, yeah. I mean, they could have done that and I'm just like being really sneaky. So. Yeah. I, I mean, that's not that sneaky that I just said that, but. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> well, it's I guess one last thing before we move on from this, like a another big thought I have is like Johannes claimed this huge area before the expansion, quote unquote, like happened or whatever. And people mm-hmm. want Hillsglade House to go away so that the expansion, quote unquote, so like that the town can expand more. And I'm wondering, like, who's fucking around behind Hillsglade House trying to establish like another huge domain? Because um, that seems like mm-hmm. if I was a practitioner in that area, I'd be like, man. I should do this or stop someone else from doing this. Yeah. But also there's a demon in the attic and you can't get rid of it. And I don't know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) Way to jump ahead. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. We still have to talk about pizza. Okay. Um, Pizza. (laughs) uh, Let me see. That's awesome. So um, anyway, kind of move on. They also get in kind of another mini argument about becoming witch hunters. Rose really, really (laughs) likes this idea. Blake is not really feeling it. Yeah, I um, I'm still confused as to what the protection witch hunters have, quote unquote, is if it's not innocence. And I think it might be. And like, it's too late, Rose. I mean, like, especially by the end of this, I think that witch hunters and practitioners are not the same. Yeah. The uh, you read the last, the latest chapter in Pale, right? Um, is that Sig Interlude? Yeah. Yeah. Which is okay, so just to, for everyone, we're recording um, when that's the latest chapter for, to be released. Um, but the, like, there's a witch hunter and it was exciting. But also they talk about witch hunters as being against practitioners and others. Like, it seems like witch hunters are not practitioners. And I don't get it. Um, yeah. But I just, it seems like it's too late. I mean, <laughs> for Blake and Rose. Yeah, Blake did, he basically was like, did you even read anything about which like one shot turns like no because you won't turn the mirror so i'm like yeah she doesn't really i feel like she's kind of getting she ahead know. of herself a little bit because she doesn't really know anything about it but on the other hand she does have a point that it'd be kind of good to read about it <laughs> to get more options yeah. but um yeah, yeah like i mean you might decide after reading it that that's not really what you want to do yeah. anyway so yeah they kind of talk about all this stuff and then they see what they think is the pizza guy's car uh, <laughs> pull up to the house and they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> what do you think about this part, Malia? <laughs> when you were reading this for the first time, were you just like really confused and horrified? Or? I, I was very horrified. It was very visceral. And the whole time I was like, no, but they can't. Like, I was just kind of like they can't do this like whatever like this can't be happening right like unless i don't understand what's going on at all like yeah they can't just fucking murder a pizza guy because the innocence right like you know others have to protect innocence too because the seal and like all those complicated things and so i was just like this can't be happening but also like the grabbed the wrist and impaled his hand on the spike and then like took his head and started bashing it in and then the woman reaches into his eyes and moves around and then the skin and like and then they pretend to be making out to hide the fact that they're others (laughs) and then continues to 
few things and then the dude just bursts out of his own skin or something and it's just like ha 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 and they all run away it was real good it was real funny but it was also like oh my gosh like it was i didn't know what most of the others were I and mean, it was kind of like oh ha ha goblins and then the rest i was like what is happening Wait, what uh, are you I, doing? I was also reading it so quickly the first time that I thought Laird had showed up again because there's this sentence where um, Blake is realizing that he shouldn't leave the house. Um, and it says, like, Laird had come up to the front door. And it, my mind was like, when did Laird come up to the front door? But it was him, like, logicking out the fact that people could get up to the door um, and that they were trying to fuck with him. Yeah. So in a shocking twist... Rose is encouraging Blake to act impulsively and Blake decides to not act impulsively and to think about it, um, taking possession of the one brain cell that they both share and um, <laughs> decides to not do the thing on impulse. Good job, Blake. Uh, yeah, that was kind of that was kind of a shocking reversal, right? <laughs> like, yeah, and I and Blake does not get credit for that. I mean, like Rose is kind of like, oh, but you you knew it was, you know it wasn't real or you knew he wasn't human or whatever. Right. And like, he didn't, but Blake or Rose calls him out for like bad instincts and stuff later. And like, nobody gives Blake credit or like no one in the text, the text has not yet given Blake credit for this moment of Mm -hmm. thinking this through and like, good job. Blake. So like, honestly, even if they were human, what was he going to do? That wasn't also get impaled, you know, throw salt. (laughs) I mean, I don't know how much salt that house has, but I feel like, Rose said there was a lot, but I mean, yeah. Uh, pro- well, it, I mean, no. who knows? Maybe they had enough to just... Uh, Probably not. <laughs> no. Probably. Why has no one drawn a salt circle around themselves yet? Like we're in Hocus Pocus. Anyway, that should happen. Because obviously these protagonists haven't watched that brilliant film. And even though they talk about salt, um, I mean, they're also inside. So probably don't really need to do that. <laughs> Right. I just meant like pale or anything. No one's done that yet. Oh, I, don't think. I don't know. I mean, keep an eye out, you know? <laughs> yes. Get ready for the salt, salt circles. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So definitely uh, horrifying. And I know this is past April Fool's Day. Thank goodness. <laughs> but like, never prank someone like this. Like, <laughs> it, don't, don't do it. I mean, I don't know how you would do it unless you're like, a visual effects or like makeup artist or anything, but like just or it's in Arrested Development how the the dad would hire his like old worker or friend or whatever who had like lost an arm in the war or whatever to like constantly make <laughs> the think that they were doing things that was causing this man to lose his arm. <laughs> you shouldn't do that. Yeah, that's a, I mean that's a funny premise for a show, but don't do that in real life, okay, guys. All right, glad that we went we covered that. Um. <laughs> yeah. So then Blake decides to call the pizza place back one more time just to make sure that like they're really not coming because now he's like, okay, I know that was a joke, but I don't really know if they're not going to actually do that. <laughs> so. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then this dude knows who Blake is. He doesn't. They don't have caller ID, right? He doesn't immediately pick up and say like "fuck you." It's like Blake says hi, and then he says "fuck you." Like this man knows the sound of Blake's voice. <laughs> Which is real intense. And also, why did he take his order in the first place? Maybe it was if a new he guy. hates him this much. I yeah. Uh. Also, it was funny because like Blake thought it was funny that they called um Hillsglade House a haunted house because he was like, This might be the least haunted locale in Jacob's Bell. And I was like, There's a demon in your head. 
<laughs> on my second read through. But there's only one funny. <laughs> Okay, all the other weird stuff is outside. <laughs> um, and it was it was a lot. This was very aggressive. This their, their karma is bad. Like this isn't yeah. even like Kenneth, where there's like carmine aggressive energy everywhere. This man just like fucking hates these people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you kind of like at your time earlier, like you know, hope that they don't go to the demons for power and stuff, but. I mean, you can kind of see how the, like, family has gotten roped into this over time. Like, whoever first decided to do this really fucked everybody over. They suck, yeah. Right? Because it's like, yeah. well, how the hell else are you supposed to, you know, like, get anything done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could do the, like, get a shitty familiar and, and then an okay implement. And then a huge domain or whatever, like Blake's plan. True, but if you already, well, I mean, we don't know how much, how many generations exactly this is like come from, but True. like, yeah. um, depending on how much bad karma the second guy had after the first guy, <laughs> still might have had a lot of people trying to go after him and stuff. So still needed to protect themselves in some way, you know. I mean, plus if they were being raised by the dude that like is calling demons down, they might not quite have that like moral fiber in there to really mm. be like or that moral compass to be like maybe I shouldn't do this be like yeah dad's doing it why not you know or mom's doing it maybe more likely uh, I don't know but, yeah mom, mom's doing it for yeah. some reason I'm curious about that anyway moving on to the next part if you don't mind mm-hmm. um, they basically go back to the practitioner room we'll say and start to prepare for the awakening ritual Blake sees the creepy demon book and wants to take a look and Rose talks him out of looking because saying that like they need to compromise on stuff and she compromised earlier for something. Um, so he's like, <laughs> supposedly, yes, can't remember what it was, but then he's like, all right, fine. Goes and puts the book back and just coincidentally really ominous note and the key attached to it falls out of the book. Blake looks at it without having any discussion whatsoever, goes and runs up to check out the tower demon. Yeah, so the brain cell went back to Rose. It, like, whoop. Um, <laughs> it's like Pong. It goes back yeah. and forth. <laughs> yeah. I also, I just, like, why this book? She had a lot of books that were, like, demon-related, and I just, like, I mean, I guess I don't know what, like, diabetes, Bulletry means. I mean, I just Googled it and it's like the art of worshiping demons. And I was like, that's great. But I like wouldn't that wouldn't have been the one I picked. And like, does Blake know what that means? Um, or was it like, I don't know, fate or something? Because like I would have maybe picked the one that describes some of the demons instead, like the one they have they read later to learn about Barbatorum. Well, I mean, you said it's what was the definition exactly? Like the art of worshiping demons? Is that what it was? Okay, no, it's the acts or rites of worshiping devils. Okay. I mean, like, that probably is your most, like, general guide. <laughs> as weird as a way to put that is, um, to demon yeah. stuff. So maybe they're like, this is probably, like, your general thing in one book as opposed to reading, like, however many other books there were. Sure. It just didn't strike me as obvious that that's what that was. Like, mm, I, I mean... I don't know all the words and like Blake might know this word, but I didn't know this word uh, and would have maybe picked up one of the other ones. 
Um, I also thought it was interesting that like it it seems like Molly didn't find this. And so I'm wondering like how desperate she got or if she just really didn't want to do the demon stuff. Like I guess Molly kind of knew our family's involved with demons and don't do it or something. Yeah. Like and it's also funny that the note starts off with like, you must be really desperate right now. And it's like, no, grandma, it's day two. Like, like, I grab this book. <laughs> like grandma's like, my grandchildren aren't going to want to fuck with this. And Blake's like, I mean, I don't, but I like, I, I think Blake's right. Like you should know what is out there and you should know what you're dealing with and you should know what the others are expecting of you. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. But-, <laughs> but I mean, I feel like Rose's point there wasn't like, I, I don't know. I'm just like, if you're not going to read anything, maybe don't just look at the really creepy note and like (laughs) nothing else before you run up to like look at the demon right yeah i mean that's what obviously blake didn't come to that conclusion but i feel like everyone else probably would have but as you said like the brain cell wasn't pinged back yet you know so (laughs) i feel like i like the like it pings back and forth in a steady clip and just depending on (laughs) I mean, I feel like they're not that stupid. Just just to throw that out there. It's not quite one brain cell, but like, I feel like, you know. But. I just, I think that's a meme or something. Um, oh, is it really? Yeah, it I is. thought you just made that up, and I was like, that's hilarious, but. No. All right, so, but yeah, so basically he ru- sprints up before she can say anything. Because, should we go through what the letter says? I mean, yeah, it's basically like, you must be in dire straits, like, pure coming to this part of the book right now. Mm -hmm. It was interesting that like grandma Rose is like once bound, he's going to fucking be there. Like she's like, he's going to be there. Don't worry about it. And like, but at the end of this chapter, I was kind of like, Oh fuck. Like, like he's not there. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, Like I, I kind of freaked out. And then, so thank you for allowing me to keep reading. Cause ugh, that would have been horrible. Yeah. The other two things I wanted to point out from the letter that I thought were interesting was like Barbatorum and his, like don't ever thank him don't ever acknowledge whatever yeah reminded me of the brownies right and i just thought that that was a really interesting i was like are brownies devils like what what? (laughs) maybe a little um i because i think the brownies were more like fey but then at some point i think in the next chapter in the other book she is like some demons are also maybe goblins and so like the lines are blurring already between like demons and maybe some fey and maybe some goblins and like that was really interesting Mm -hmm. and then the second thing was that she says like don't ask the lawyer about this (laughs) because the lawyer and his firm are quite naturally unreliable on this front and i'm like ooh, 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 (laughs) because they're karmic law practitioners and they like order and they don't like demons (laughs) okay all right maybe okay cool (laughs) We also still haven't met the fucking lawyer and someone should sue anyway. I mean, I feel like I'm not really spoiling anything by saying you're probably going to meet the lawyer at some point, just by how how much (laughs) they've been mentioned. So um, let me see. So do not trust Mr. Beasley or his firm persistence. They are quite naturally unreliable on this front. Okay. So just like, just because you think like they're so kind of opposite of the nature to a demon. Well, or in one of those textbooks I read, they talked about karmic law. Like if you if you have a karmic law other as your practitioner. Uh-huh. Um, no, sorry. If you have a karmic law other as your familiar, it okay. could alienate some like chaotic 
others because karmic law others are so orderly. So I think that maybe demons aren't, except they do have a lot of rules. I feel like they're maybe a little bit better together than they think, but it just seems like, I don't know. I'm looking for, I'm still looking for you, Karmic Law. You're out there. It could just be like, you need orderly rules to deal with them. Not necessarily that they Mm -hmm. are orderly, but. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I like it. So, yeah, he just runs up without saying anything and sees like a pair of shears that have impaled a line in the innermost circle of the diagram on the floor. And so he's like, well, fuck, I guess I'm going (laughs) to leave now. Rose gets really fucking pissed. Yeah, he survives. Um, Rose gets really pissed and chews him out <laughs> um, for being too impulsive. While Blake defends himself by citing his instincts on the street. So this is like the first time he kind of is like, hey, I have almost died in periods where like before I met you and I've been through a lot of shit. So mm-hmm. I've got instincts where then she hilariously and bitchily is like, I don't think your instincts are very good. Um, but and he's like, well, they weren't at first, but they got good. So I don't know. That was kind of interesting. What did you think? Yeah. Well, before um, I talk about the instincts, I thought it was. So 1.7, the first line is damn it. And it's italicized and it's like one line. And I like rereading the second time. I was like, oh, my gosh, because like I had been thinking so hard that first chapter about what damn me, damn them, damn them all means. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, gosh, darn, like, what is like, what, what is this? Like, there must be something. And like, now it's like, oh, it's damn because there's demons. And that's the whole thing. <laughs> um, so I figured it out. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> It's demons. Yeah. Um, demons. That is funny. Um, yeah, I, I was really excited to get into Blake's backstory more. I was like, I'm not sure if we're going to learn more. I think we might because like this book's going to get worse and maybe he'll open up more. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. But I was like proud of him and ex- and I was like, this is like good. This is information Rose needs to know to like treat you better and yeah. also like talk to you in a way that is informed by your trauma or whatever. I'm also like, yeah, I don't think your instincts are that good. I'm trying to figure out if I agree. Cause like, it seems like throughout this story, Blake has figured a lot of things out. He figured out about the bird antler others and like what they wanted and that they didn't want to make it look like they had killed him. Um, he managed to get away. Uh, he managed to get to the rest stop, but then he also like, he goes with Laird, which wasn't the best idea. Yeah. That um, was the best, but-, but it was Okay. <laughs> And, I mean, it, it ended up okay because of Rose, yeah, essentially. But, yeah. You know. And then he does not go out of the house to help that pizza delivery man, which was a the right choice. Yeah, that was But the then right he choice. runs up to see if this demon is there and then doesn't have, like, the ability to, like, accurately assess whether the demon is there in the first place. So, like, that was just, like, dumb and a waste of time. Um, <laughs> but also a really great cliffhanger so it was worth it true um yeah i did think that the part where he was kind of talking to her um arose and he was saying that like he thought or what did you think about this like when he was said the demon might have killed molly yeah um so this actually didn't make it into a kind of a past episode of ours because 
Jen's recording equipment freaked out. Um, bad, it no, it's fine. So we just had, we had to record some like we had to talk about some stuff twice, and I I don't think this made it. But Jen asked me what I thought about a demon killing Molly, and I immediately was just like, no, because if Laird thought that the demon <laughs> had killed Molly, then like that would have been a different conversation. It would have been like, hey, um, your fucking demon is loose. Like what the fuck? Like it wouldn't have been like. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Like they're never gonna catch the culprit because it would have been like a fucking demon. Like <laughs> your demon is loose. Like what's going on? Because like the the demon wasn't Molly wasn't found like dead in the house or whatever. She's found you know outside or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. also would have been worse, which is really horrifying to say. I feel like rereading that. I was kind of like, yeah, and I'm like, was kind of weak. I mean, <laughs> even though he like he was like, I felt more confident as I was saying this. I was like, eh. I mean, I don't know. And also, if that is what killed Molly, is not even more reason to do more reading on it before you run up there, um, right? But. but then also, like, if it got if it killed Molly, like, wouldn't it have left? Like, why would it still yeah. be there? Or wouldn't you be dead already? Yeah, because if the demon's out of the circle, like. A door's not going to stop it, right? Yeah, you're gonna be f- it can get into domain. It can get into domain. I just, I don't know. Yes. I don't, I don't. Mm, mm, it's mm. Gonna be major F. <sighs> yeah. Fortunately, <laughs> the demon is not escaped, as they find yeah. out. <laughs> oh. um, they basically start doing what they should have done, which is. <laughs> Yeah, reading. so they, they do the reading on Barbatorum that Blake definitely should have done before running upstairs. Let's kind of go through this a little bit here. So yeah, Rose is writing, basically, and talking about how this is, like, her first major thing as a practitioner that she's, like, really proud of. Uh, in terms of, like, she has got this demon. She's mm-hmm. found this guy. And then she goes mm-hmm. through, like... Uh, it kind of talks about, like, what they think Barbatorum is. So it falls under the classification Insolidus Nex. I probably butchered the hell out of that. But nobody knows what that means. I didn't even Google it. I'm I mean, sure it's like fake I'm Latin sure, or real Latin or something. I'm it's sure some Latin. people know what it means. I'm pretty sure Waldo knows what it means. <laughs> we don't. Yeah. We've got that brain cell <laughs> going back and forth. It just hasn't clicked in yet. So um so she's saying she doesn't believe in stricter classifications and leaves it to others to label him a devil or goblin as they see fit. So I was really interested to hear what you thought about that. I think it's really interesting that from the very from the very get go of this book, people are like, don't put others in boxes. Like, how dare you? <laughs> like, and like, if this man is a goblin, that's so fucking horrifying. Like goblins. I didn't think goblins could get this like powerful um i mean it's really interesting that like maybe there's like a like you know like the lines are blurred and you can kind of move back and forth or whatever but like what okay yeah because i know we we, (gasps) impale like impale we've seen we've seen a lot of goblins (laughs) i mean and they're saying that you could label him a devil or a goblin as they see fit i guess so not necessarily saying he's definitely a goblin but did that blow your mind to think that that like some people could think of Barbatorum as a goblin potentially, or are you just like just because he's dirty and gross doesn't mean that he's a goblin? You guys are being dumb, or like, I mean, I, I just I kind of think that I don't know enough, and it was scary. Like, 
the description of what this guy can do does not match my understanding of what goblins are are and can do. Okay. We have gotten some bad descriptions for certain things in Pale, though. Like, Toad Swallow saying that he was kind of, he did some pretty bad things to a child of a practitioner, but, like, I think it's because he got, like, trapped into it or something. I'm trying to remember exactly. Well, it's also, like, Blunt Munch goes out and, like, makes dogs war or dogs of whatever. Yeah. I just, that's just not this level. Like, yeah. <laughs> of fair. either, like, power or ruthlessness. Yeah. Like, goblins, from what I've experienced, are, like, it's, like, the children outside who are, like, laughing and, like, impaling people's hands on shit and, like, b- jumping up and scaring people and, like, you know, have, like, nails through their stomach and shit. Um, yeah. Which is a lot. But. Yeah. And so, like, again, I could see that maybe this is, like on the goblin-y side of demons or something like that. Okay. That yeah. There probably aren't great categorizations probably aren't perfect in many ways. Yeah. Um, but this doesn't seem like a goblin. Like a straight up goblin. Yeah. That's no. Fair. Okay. I mean, so she basically talks about how she bound him, which is interesting. Cause it's like talking about like some things that seem kind of technical like an abstract entity bound in a room defining diagram of geometric lines in Byzantine notation used in Lutubiri's approach. Uh, <laughs> she's like, so it's what she used exactly. So, a pile of festering boar carcasses, six feet high, each carved with his name when well into their state of decay. Seven jars of burning hair resupplied to keep the flames perpetually alight, which I gotta say, like, Hair burns kind of fast, doesn't it? Yeah, whose hair is this? <laughs> yeah, whose hair is this? How the hell did you keep it resupplied that well? They must have been big-ass jars or, like, really compact hair, something. Um, anyway, and the crest of this offering was an innocent <laughs> and a virgin in the form of a one-year-old innocent placed at the height of the pile. This author can't say whether he was attracted <laughs> to the virgin aspect or the innocent, but this author was nonetheless happy to have an option at hand to serve both purposes. The child was unharmed and largely unaware of what occurred. Oh my god. I mean, I have a two-year-old and he can be a pain in the butt sometimes, but <laughs> there's no way I would ever, like... I, sacrifice I mean, him to a demon. Oh, but she wasn't trying to sacrifice. It was, the child was unharmed. It's yeah, fine. I just so I'm starting. I'm starting. I'm starting to get it, y'all. It's really. It's it's been a while. I needed some concrete examples, but I'm really starting to understand how demons can fuck with your karma. <laughs> <laughs> she put her child on top of a stack of festering boar carcasses yeah, as I, bait for a demon, and she hadn't ever done it before, and so she didn't know it was gonna be okay. Like yeah. what? The fuck? I mean, I do. Yeah, she's a psychopath. I still respect her, but she's a psychopath. I mean, straight up, I do just want to say I recognize I haven't been the most impartial for certain things like that. (laughs) So I'm sorry, but I let my knowledge of this get in the way. But now you know. (laughs) I get it. I I mean, you didn't pay attention to me anyway, so it's fine. I didn't ruin anything, but. um, True. (laughs) <laughs> True. Well, I just also it makes me I keep thinking about like why she didn't 
awaken her children or why she didn't yeah uh uh-huh. or pass the house to her kids or whatever uh-huh. and like maybe part of it is that she thinks her kids suck and maybe they've been like corrupted by demon energy or whatever because also like Mm. she couldn't write down that the child was unaware because that would have been a lie so she had to write down that it was mostly unaware which means the kid kind of understood that something was happening which is horrifying anyway um but was it also like she wanted to use them for bait she was like i can't awaken them because then they won't be bait like i bet she had really strict rules about sex in her house so that she could be like well here's another virgin um (laughs) That, I never that never occurred. That's, that's hilarious. Like, I mean, they might have been too old by that point where they would have like noticed, but but I mean, hey, but if they just needed a virgin, then it's fine. <laughs> be like, all right, I know you haven't like, yeah. Oh man, yeah, that's funny. Um, all right, but anyway, she's like, well, even though I wrote down this great method, don't use this again because he's gonna remember it. Okay, so don't get a one-year-old little kid to put on a bunch of rotting boar carcasses. Okay, like just don't do it. Gotta use a different animal. (laughs) Maybe a different type of child, you know? (laughs) Different age. (sighs) But yeah, she's like, this is the proudest accomplishment at this particular date and time. And then the, you know, Rose and Blake are understandably like, wow, like, can't understand why Uncle Charles or Aunt Irene are kind of fucked up in the head. Kind of get mm-hmm. that. Let me see. So that they talk about a little bit more backstory on the Barbatorum. So who's Uncle Charles? Is that Blake's dad? Because his name was not Charles, right? Uh, I mean, it was like Paul or some shit. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, I mean, it's so good it's fine. It's hard to keep track of this family. They're just, there's a lot of them. Okay. Yeah. I know we're probably, I mean, I know we're doing a podcast about the book, so you might think you guys need to pay attention to stuff like this, but, you know, sorry about it. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. We only got one brain cell bouncing back and forth, okay? Ping, so it's ping, rough. ping. <laughs> um, anyway, so kind of talks about Barber's, um, in addition to cutting hair, used to be surgeons as well. Right on a barber pole is reference to bloodletting, which I feel like I have heard that before, even before I read this, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. is very creepy, mm-hmm. but cool. <laughs> um, he can give boons, but... That's nice. <laughs> but he serves as a better, like, better to send against an enemy than to give you boons. Um, yeah, because he can just get into your fucking domain like it's no problem. Like, it's nuts. He can remove any ability a practitioner has. What the fuck does that mean? Can he remove my ability to, like, walk? Can he remove my ability I mean, to, like, have, like a enjoy big... cilantro? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, mean, he could, I mean, he could definitely remove your ability to walk. Okay, yeah, but <laughs> without cutting me into little pieces or whatever. Oh, well, you didn't specify that, but um, <laughs> um yeah so it's like he tries to do the maximum damage possible without killing them but he also can heal you up he okay. will he- heal the crud out of you keep you alive and most of the times you die from starvation or dehydration as opposed to blood it's like loss. crucifixion yay i think yeah not a good yay. way to go no nope. um 
also says he can sever his target's ability to access any higher plane, forever and irrevocably denying them whatever good things might await them after death, which is terrifying. Hey, there's, <laughs> there's, there's an afterlife. That's nice. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, but you don't get there anymore, so <laughs> I cut it off. Um, several forms that he has had before include a bipedal sheep, largely bald, but has some sparse patches. Um, yeah. A bloated man disfigured to a monstrous point by lash wounds. A pair of children yeah. hand in hand. Of course, there's children in there. Gotta have the crazy kids somewhere. And a legless man on a horse. He always carries a bladed instrument of some kind. Has been known to carry scissors, clippers, or shears in more than half of the reported cases. How does he stay on the horse? I mean, the horse is a part of him, right? But if he doesn't have legs... Well, he takes the form of a man, a legless man on a horse. Sure. So it's, it's not just a legless man who finds a horse somewhere, right? Sure. I mean, I don't know. He probably stabs, like, is stabbed through into the horse or something. It's yeah, like okay, okay, okay. Yeah, awful. Yeah. Um, he is mute. So some of these lovely boons that he lists as well... Let's see which one of these you would like. Maybe this can be our discussion question. Which one of these would you take? <laughs> um, he can offer an expert skill in medicine ex in exchange for enough blood to make the practitioner pass out. Just don't spill any on the circle. He will offer <laughs> to extend a practitioner's natural lifespan by half or by 25 years, whichever is less, at the Grandma. cost... Sorry, keep talking. <laughs> at the cost of the practitioner forever smelling blood rot and or burning hair. Wait, I was, can I, can we stop and talk about yeah. this? Yeah. Okay. Um, that's why Grandma Rose's study smells like roses because she's trying to get away from the rotting blood smell because she has made this deal with this man, um, demon man, uh, like Laird sort of insinuated, although that like hurts my Laird and Grandma are romantically involved theory, but it's okay. <laughs> I mean, she can't, she wasn't that old, was she? But Laird talks about how she had a long time and like stuff like I kind of talked about this last week that maybe Laird like was ah, helping her out true. it seems like she did extend her life somehow or like she got more time somehow okay uh, alright we'll keep that in mind that's a good theory alright the <laughs> I should have saved guy. that for my bold prediction anyway we can we can go over it again that's fine um, we'll go over them again at the end just to make sure we remember and he can also ensure that one's blade's never dull in exchange for enough of the practitioner's flayed skin to fill two cupped hands. See, that's just not worth it at all. Literally buy a sharpening stick thingy. Get yourself someone who likes doing that. Like, literally, that's not worth it. The first one I can like, okay, cool. You can be like a master doctor and save people's lives for like, you know, donating a shit ton of blood. Cool. Once you wake up slash have someone there. To yeah, wake have you someone up. there. Don't and be then <laughs> you need to have um, someone yeah, you could sorry. save your own self uh but but blood blood comes back you know don't fucking flay your own skin to keep your knife sharp that's stupid that's really dumb that's dumb as hell um yeah I that mean, one's dumb maybe there, you might have a good reason i don't know um <laughs> i guess they didn't specify who's cupped hands so if you're gonna be like grandma rose and bring your little one-year-old in anyway just get them to yeah. fill, like, hold their little cupped hands out, and then there you go. Cute. <laughs> yeah, it didn't specify, so. <laughs> anyway. 
<laughs> but would um, you trust your child to not go near that circle? Oh, well, fuck no. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. So I love not. my son. He would like, I mean, he, yeah, he's he's wonderful. And he is really smart in a lot of ways, but he has so much damn energy. He mm-hmm. like, he would be sprinting into that circle. <laughs> he would be, he'd be in there. It'd be bad. So yeah, no, because I mean, I was going to say Miko's going to stay away from demons, but I mean, obviously <laughs> I think like, yeah, that doesn't really have to be said. Um, yeah. I'm going to stay away from demons. We're going to keep everyone away from... Let's just not go near, near demons, okay? All right. Yeah, it's dumb. Good talk, guys. Um, <laughs> anyway. I also don't fully understand his whole contracts thing. You can show him... If you show him a contract seven times, he's just like, fuck this. But it's like, is it just that like, if you keep bothering him with the same contract, he's going to be like, stop talking to me? Or is it like, you can only show him seven contracts? Like, ever? Ever. Um, because that seems like a problem. I feel like I, I mean, I don't know. It's fine if it's important. We'll learn what it means. I would later. Yeah, I was gonna say probably any contract, but on the other hand, you think Grandma Rose would mention how many times she's needed to contract him if that were the case? Mm-hmm. So maybe it is just a single contract. I don't mm-hmm. know. I feel like either way, that kind of would have been good info to pass on mm-hmm. that little emergency <laughs> note. But mm-hmm. I mean, she probably is also like, I mean, don't be an idiot and be trying to ask for a contract for him seven times anyway, because yeah, anyway. Mm-hmm. And then um, before I move on, I was going to say uh, she describes this man whose name has escaped me for a moment. Barba, Barbaro, Barbatorum. She describes Barbatorum as a reasonably safe entity to summon if one takes care to follow instructions. I'm trying to see if my prediction that it was a weak demon that wasn't going to burn the house down is fulfilled by this. Okay. Um, Because it's not going to burn the house down. I don't think he has fire powers. And he's reasonably safe and he's not going to get out. Reasonably safe doesn't necessarily mean weak, though, right? Right, this man does not sound weak. Uh, but like, also, I'm like, I mean, and this is this is the first demon we're being introduced to. True. So it's like setting expectations and, and setting the scale. But I also think that like this is not the scariest or strongest thing we're going to encounter, which is like a lot to deal with emotionally. As I think about the next three years of my life <laughs> and this podcast. <laughs> um, I mean, you never know. This might be the worst one. I mean, if he's like, if he gets out and then the whole rest of the story is just trying to get him back, get but him like, back. Yeah. no, he doesn't even do fire. He's not the worst one. Like, what's a demon without fire? It's a goblin. It's not that exciting. Are you saying he's a goblin? Then? No. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, well, we will see as we go on. This, yeah. Buckle up. <laughs> yeah. Let me know how I should mark that prediction on the sheet. I haven't decided. Well, I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. You're, you're going to have to, we're going to have to keep going on until we get enough info for you to know. Okay. I'm not going to mark it like it was totally right or it was totally wrong. No. Well, he's not going to burn the house. To, whatever. I might put a question mark. Put anyway, a question mark okay. or put like, maybe. 
I don't know. Maybe. Like, but I'm not going to tell you. You got to mark okay. it off. All right. So should we move on to the awakening? Let's do it. Awesome. So they awaken kind of. Rose's awakening. Kind of debatable if that's work or not. She doesn't really seem convinced that it has. Lakes totally has. And he sees these cool moat things in the site. But um, so we've kind of tried to go through the awakening ritual in comparison to Pact and Pale. So Pact's diagram and Pale's diagram are different, like just on their face, like even before we get to all the items, right? Which seemed mostly similar. But Pact has a circle with five circles in the middle and then a circle with six circles. Sorry. Okay. In the innermost circle is a circle with five circles. And then there's a circle with six circles. And then on the outside, there's a circle with seven circles. Whereas in pale, there is a circle with seven circles in the middle or like in the very inside. <laughs> middle is such a bad word. In the inside that has a triangle in it that the Kenneteers stand in. And then there's a circle with five circles. And then the outermost circle also has five circles. Right. And it's like double walled. Mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming to like let the others in and out, which was kind of cool. So the packed innermost circle is for the gifts from the others which include crystal myrrh oil spice and rose uses holly and blake uses iron then outside of that is the six circle circle that i think has the pillars of humanity the problem is we have seven items that should fit into this middle circle but there's only six circles so the, those are the dagger, the hourglass, the dream catcher, the skull, the coin, the rose, and then a personal object, right? Mm-hmm. And then the outermost circle is the gifts to the others, but there's only six gifts to the others. Um, so we're thinking maybe like something got switched in our minds or in the descriptions or something, but the, the six gifts to the others are molasses, milk, vegetable ash, honey, meat, and alcohol. So unlike in pale, um, there's no bread as a gift to the other which was interesting, and I don't know what that means. Uh, so I was confused as to like where the rose slash keys were placed. Also, does Blake melt down the iron? That I don't. That was just a lot. Um, yeah. So then, so then, pale. It's the inner is the gifts to the others because they they hand them them as they show up, and then the middle is the gifts from the others, and the outside is the pillars of human experience, right? Because they. And there's no rose, which I'm assuming has to do with like the Thorburns and rose and crap. And then they're holding on to their personal I- items. Okay. I'm really curious to see what the community thought about Pale's awakening ritual when it happened. And someday I will be able to go and look at all those lovely um, things where you guys freak out about it because they seem like fairly similar, but also different, you know? So, or do you mind if I interject? Please. Or, okay. So. Partially looking on the wiki and partially just, like, from my read and stuff. I don't think that those were, like, the the part you're saying gifts from the others. I don't think those are necessarily gifts from the others. I think that they were supposed to be items representing, like, the elements. Right. So, it says in the wiki, in the Thorburn version, these items went in the center ring, and then... Candles were placed around the outside, incense needed to be lit, iron ore heated. And then in the Kennet version, these items were not in place before the ritual began. 
with them instead being placed in the outer ring by attending others. That might be why you thought they were gifts from the others. Um, but I don't think they were intended to be gifts from the others. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was like some sort of symbolic, like, we're giving you this and you're giving us that thing that just impact is just like there aren't others there. So they're just mm. the spirits or whatever. I think I think maybe it is more symbolic and pale like that, but uh, yeah, impact. I mean, especially like those who like me who went packed for the first time, we definitely, or at least I wasn't reading that and being like, oh yeah, this is definitely another gift. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, yeah. I was approaching it. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. That's fair though. I can see where you got that from. Yeah. So, but I mean, everything else, I feel like, I feel like your observations are pretty spot on. Um, yeah. So one thing that was kind of interesting, right. Um, like in, in pale, they had Holly, right. Um, yeah. Well, they they also they got a choice um, that Miss I think or Matthew asked which one they wanted um, and Miss explained that the the holly was traditional and like rooted and the iron was like forward looking to the future kind of a thing um, because holly was the traditional one that you would use uh, so like wood and then and we moved to the future it was like iron or metal um, that's right okay so I was trying to use this to think about why their books told them to do different things. And I still think that Rose is a particular version of Blake as a woman. Okay. And it seems like she could have been chosen for specific things. And I'm I'm just, that's really interesting. And I don't know if it's like Blake is all about moving and it's all about going forward and it's all about like moving beyond these things, Mm -hmm. but he is more rooted with like some good relationships, both in his family and outside of them. Like he, he had Molly and Paige, you know, whereas Rose only has Blake and maybe needs roots, but also like is not is like maybe a little bit more like small C conservative. Like she seems a little bit more like unwilling to take risks. But then she also like I don't know. I I that's what I maybe could think of. I thought it was interesting that they ended up doing different ones. Yeah. It was interesting that Blake had a choice. I wasn't sure if Rose also had a choice. But then like Molly, presumably her book said iron and she did iron and we just moved on. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious about that. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I guess keep it in mind, I guess, moving forward. Yeah, definitely interesting. I, I did like in Pale how they they got a choice um, and mm-hmm. kind of talked about like each one. I felt like that was pretty cool. So personal item. Yeah, keys. Or Blake's. Um, Joel's keys. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was kind of like, Joel needs his keys back. But I liked the explanation about um, freedom and movement. And he doesn't like owing people things. And, and he likes, like, it It just... It, it makes sense for him. Yeah. And, like, I, I liked that it was it was both, like, a connection to a friend. Um, mm-hmm. But it was also, like, he... It was, like, in exchange for this thing that he had worked really hard to build and acquire for himself. Like, it was, like, it's his freedom, his independence, but also, like, a connection to other people. Um, I thought it was a really neat item. And I really freaking want to know what Rose's was. Right? Uh, yeah, I wonder what she could have grabbed randomly from throughout the house, but. I know. I'm, like, trying to double check. I don't think, yeah, I don't think it mentioned anything, so. Um, yeah, because toward the end, he even thinks... Like, oh, I didn't think to see what Rose's personal item was. And that's when, like, like it, it all gets. I'm like, what the heck does she have? I don't know. I hope. 
I kind of hope she didn't pick this, but like maybe like a small mirror or something. It's like very much her existence right now, but I hope that she would have picked something. Uh, like if she liked her pajamas, she was boring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These pajamas represent um, life. Um, yeah. So you wrote in the notes here their decision to do it at the same time and not in the same diagram. Um, I guess I like. Do you think they would have even thought of to do it in the same diagram? No. Well, when I was imagining this, I was thinking about the Kenneteers. Like before this chapter, I was thinking about the Kenneteers and how they were all in the middle of the same diagram. Mm -hmm. And then as they were doing it the first time, I was kind of like, okay, that makes sense. Like, you know, that's where Rose physically is and this is where you physically are and stuff. But like, I kept kind of picturing them more as like, immediately back to back because they were like I think they were facing away from each other because they were naked or whatever and I I wonder if it would have been stronger or weaker or something if like he had brought the mirror physically into the center of the diagram or would that have like bisected it somehow like would it not have totally existed on Rose's side and it's also like how does the mirror world work like she has water (laughs) but she also like if Blake started drawing things on the ground or pick, taking books off the shelves, her books wouldn't fly off of her shelves and things wouldn't be drawn onto her ground. And that's weird. But also, that's not totally true because she picks up the, the note off the desk and reads it. I don't know, man. She needs to get out of the mirror world. It's too confusing. It is confusing. Yeah, but I, I mean, I like that they did it at the same time. I felt like that like linked them more. But I also... They weren't in the same diagram. And maybe that's good. I don't know. I just... I guess I have a lot of things. They also did the ritual naked, unlike the Mm -hmm. Kenneteers. They, let's see, read a scripted thing in some language, as you wrote down. Like, with the Kenneteers, they sort of, like, ad-libbed in English, but here they were, like, reading a script, you know? And it Mm -hmm. was, like, they were trying, they were reading it in a language, they weren't reading it in English. True. Yeah, they they were both, like, pretty in sync with each other when they were speaking, Mm -hmm. which is cool. I mean, it it all, like, moved around, and and then it was all gone at the end, which was, like, how it was with the uh, Kenneteer's Awakening, which was really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And I liked how when they were in sync, they were, like, saying what they thought the pillars or whatever, like, represented. And it's, like, a war and time. But then they split, um, and it was, like, Blake said dream, and Rose said fate. Blake said doom and Rose said death. Blake said fortune and Rose said ruin. And then Blake said family for the Rose. And then Rose said myself. And I just like really like a lot about what like that says about them. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure exactly about like the dream and fate. Maybe Blake is like more hopeful and Rose feels more trapped by what will happen to her. Uh, Doom and death was interesting. Uh, reminded me of like Matthew but also just like hmm. maybe there are things worse than death or maybe or that felt more like a f- like doom feels more like fate like this like the grim yeah the grim, the, the grim. Um, and then Blake's like oh money I need that when I was homeless and Rose is like oh my it, fucking family tore itself apart because of this house Um, true and Blake still has connections to his family whereas Rose like doesn't uh, I don't know. Yeah. It was interesting. Rose has definitely got the more, I guess, pessimistic. Bummer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they both, you can kind of see, like, they both have points. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's like, I'm doing this for me and Rose. 
sweet. I thought that was really sweet and really empowering. And I like, I mean, this girl's been in his life for two days, but like it, it's already like, yeah, it's Blake and Rose kind of like against everything else. Like, it's not just like, oh, I'm doing this for me and like whatever to that girl. Like, I just like, I liked that he was acknowledging a commitment to his family and like, I don't want other people to have to go through this. And like, I don't want my other cousins to have to like experience this. And like, but also like, I'm doing this for me and I'm doing this for Rose. And I really like that. And I was like, the, the worst thing about the, them doing this at the same time was I didn't get to hear what Rose said. I thought it would be like, they would take turns like with the awakening ritual with pale. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, what did she say? (laughs) What was her object? Just to ask, um, so he woke up. What did you think of Blake's sight? I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, with a can of tears, it was like, there's fleshy, like, saran wrap men, and there's knives everywhere, and I'm seeing, like, lines and connections and handprints, and I know that a lot of that is, like, the Carmine Beast is dead, and they're seeing, like, the ramifications of that, whereas, like, this is just, like, a more chill space, but, like, little tiny moat thingies that dance around i uh, i don't i don't know what to do with that his tattoo was moving that was cool right it was artsy he's the tattoo whisperer he's like maui in moana he's gonna yes. just like have tattoos that bounce around him all the time uh and like colors were a bit brighter things were a bit shinier uh maybe he can like see things that have like more significance to people or something like his mm. his tattoos probably have a lot of significance to him and some of the books on the shelves maybe were really significant to grandma or something. Uh okay. that's my best guess. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Right. I know. Poor Rose. She basically is <laughs> like, nothing happened. I might have just lost my ability to lie for nothing. And just like I'm not offering anything worth taking. And the spirits there aren't any spirits here to listen and obey. That was so depressing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I believe that there's going to be a solution, but I don't know what it is other than getting out of the mirror. Yeah, he gives the rose a little bit of alone time, and then he decides to, why not go relax in the tower with the tower demon again? Um, he goes and takes a look, um, sees Barbatorum crawling out of the shears. Um, so he's described as a brown-skinned man, his pale hair scraggly and long, Inconsistent here and there, warm baldness and hair. He was old, wizened. Hopefully, I'm saying that word right. I feel like I never say that out loud. Um, with a pot belly and spots all over his skin. So yeah, it's a nice ominous note. Nice to end the chapter. Right, very nice ominous note. To end. Guess we'll go over real quick, like kind of saving this till this part. Um, obviously, I had quite a few things to compare to Hale in these chapters. Um especially the awakening. We already compared that quite a bit. So we're going to go over the others in the pizza party section. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As I was reading, um, this is kind of a more humorous comparison, but the, I think the first other that's like described more in depth is like a little boy who like is bleeding everywhere and like scratching at his like own head. And there's like blood everywhere. Who's like likely maybe a goblin, um, but I was also kind of like, ooh, like, is that a waif? Like, the Hungry Choir? Like, like of the alternate version? <laughs> and then the second other was, like, a woman 
who you couldn't see her face because it was obscured by her hat and like all this stuff. But then when you could sort of see her face, there was just like this dark smudge where her eyes and mouth was. And I was like, oh, it's like dark twisted miss. And like she's smoking a cigarette. And I was like, sick. And it was just like this funny thing where I was like, ha the gang's all here. Like the, the twisted weird gang is all here. I, upon first meeting the Ken and others um, in Pale, I remember that you asked me like, oh, like, like you were kind of excited. You were like, what do you think of them? Like, and I was like, I don't know. They're all scary and creepy. Like what? Like, like there's a goblin who like pulled poop out of his pants. And then there's like the like scary gross girl in the trees. And then there's like the like scary moth lady and like the big giant. And then like the like buzz cut dude. Like I was, and like, and then like depressed people, I was like, none of this is great or fun in any way. And then, you know, two arcs later, I'm just like, yeah, I love them all. Like, and so um that was sort of a similarity where i was kind of like except this one i was like uh they're more fun (laughs) because i (laughs) goblins are fun even though i wouldn't want to interact with them in real life and this seemed more love like a ha 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 like i think they think that this was funny so are you trying to say you're waiting for a couple chapters down the road when we start suddenly love all these others and the fluff demons and the fluff demons. I mean, that's without saying. I think that the other others are like antagonists. You know, they're like not on Blake and Rose's side. So um, I'm not sure that they're going to get as fun as the Kedit others. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think coming from Pale, I'm more sympathetic and also just kind of more like I can better imagine what they're experiencing, maybe. Do you feel like you can understand why they're being so hostile? I mean, I think they're instructed to be. I guess I'm assuming that these are all bound others. I don't know if that's a dumb hmm. assumption. So you think these are being sent by like the by practitioners who are trying to get okay uh, them out of the house? Gotcha. Okay. So do you think yeah. if we run into any practice or any others that are unbound, like do you think that they're going to act differently? Well, I mean, the fairy, like, were scary, but weren't immediately like, I'm going to murder you on your own fence. Um, (laughs) Fair. So it felt to me like they were, like, sent there to harass them and not like they were just sort of, like, happened to be in the neighborhood or whatever. Okay. I think a lot of others are more afraid of practitioners and wouldn't. I mean, maybe they're like, these aren't even practitioners yet and they're babies. But I think mm-hmm. a lot of them wouldn't want to um, fuck with a practitioner if it could mean like eternal servitude or whatever. Like I can't okay. imagine there are many yeah. others in Jacob's Bell who are just like, "This is a great place to live." Like, <laughs> like this is great. I'm I'm totally free and able to do whatever I want. <laughs> That's fair. Do you think that whether these are bound or not? Do you think after like the, now that they've awakened, um, that that's going to be different? Like in terms of others waiting outside their house to break them out or you think it's probably gonna be about the same or um i imagine that eventually it will change or go away either because they'll get stronger or just like i feel like never being able to really leave the house is gonna get old narratively i think that initially it might not change because they're still like baby practitioners um slash blake is still a baby practitioner but it might 
but it, it just yeah it seems like if there's constantly just like some fucking goblins outside of their house like that's gonna get old slash they they can't be there to harass them for the three hours before and after the council meeting or whatever okay um i guess to ask do you have a new bolden specific prediction or do you want me should we kind of go back to some of the bolden specific predictions that you made you said johannes his familiar is is a constellation is a constellation (laughs) which is pretty cool i think all right, so I'd say that counts as a bold specific prediction. Yeah. All right. It was and that then, one, and then Grandma made a deal with Barbatorum to increase her lifespan, which is why she had roses everywhere, because she smelled bad stuff all the time. I mean, I don't know if that would have worked that well or not, but <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Maybe roses and bad stuff is better than just bad stuff. Maybe. Yeah, that, that could be true. All right. Um, I guess if you think of a bold and specific prediction later on that you want to add, we can edit it in. But otherwise, <laughs> those are two bold and specific predictions that we've got. <laughs> All right. On to our discussion question. Um, we asked, using Laird's international politics metaphor, describe the world of pale. So we had a couple good responses here. Um, we'll start with Captain Rhino. So, Basically, it was a long paragraph. You guys should go read it. (laughs) I guess it wasn't that long, but it's kind of long to tell it on this here. But basically, they kind of did this, uh, set this scene where they were explaining to Avery, Avrona, and Lucy what other verses like, basically by using comparisons of the International Criminal Court and um, the UN. Uh, It was pretty fun to read. (laughs) So go ahead and take a look at that if you're interested. Megafire 7 talks about Roman history that I don't know anything about. They compare compare the situation in Kennet if Bristow had gotten his wish to Asterix and Obelix's village surrounded by the Roman Empire only without the magic potion to turn the tide. This actually might not be like actual historical things, but I mean, I don't it sounds know. Cool. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they also compare Crooked Rook to like a terrorist as opposed to like a nation, um, because her like schemes seem mostly to be sabotaging the practitioners out of spite to try to eke out a more substantial win against the system. I thought that was an interesting and really apt comparison for Rook. That's true. Um, and then, last but not least, we have Beard of Valor. Basically started out by saying, I reject politics as a metaphor. <laughs> and instead, I'll use roles in a functional town. He actually went through um, and did a really good um, analysis. Uh, basically, again, kind of long, so you guys should go and read it. But he compared Alexander to the mayor. Um, the trio are more like resilient grassroots campaign as opposed to opposition candidates said the goblin princesses are Eastern crime Lords, which is just nice. great. Um, <laughs> uh, basically and then, like Matthew, Matthew and Edith lead the local chamber of commerce <laughs> and John's the sheriff's deputy because of course he needs to be the sheriff's deputy. And then within cabinet, the trios are the sheriffs. So a lot of good stuff there. Uh, so thank you guys for um, contributing and answering our question. Pre- appreciate it. Yeah, it was very thorough and very fun. 
Mm-hmm. As for our discussion question this week, we want to know, how would you summon Barbatorum? I'm just kidding. We actually really don't want to know that. <laughs> Please don't um, tell us. We really don't want to know that. Uh, based on how that description was. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to know, dude. Just like, yeah, leave your leave your little nieces and nephews alone or like whoever. <laughs> you know, it's fine. You don't need to summon that, dude. Um, our actual discussion question Um just like taking a look at the site um, that we saw how Blake's site was and how the kind of tier site is a lot different. What do you think your site would look like if you were to awaken today? Probably not really any way to know this, especially <laughs> since this is a fictional story, but um, yeah, right. Thinking, well, I was thinking about we get, I don't know anything about Blake's site yet, but with um, Verona and Lucy and Avery, it seemed really tied to how they were in that moment. You know, Verona's like, I like the darkness and like, she can see in the dark and it's all dark and stuff. And Lucy, you know, uses a knife and she sees knives everywhere. And Avery was like really desperate for and looking for connections. And that's kind of like what she sees. Mm-hmm. So kind of thinking like, where are you at? Like, what's up with you? <laughs> you will do yeah. some internal whatever and think about how that would manifest in the site. And maybe Jenny and I can also try to come up with something um, to share uh, with y'all. I would just be like toddler scribbles. They're like, oh, hey. actually, Heath, my son likes to throw rocks. Mm, so it'd probably be like different size rocks that like are good for throwing <laughs> and like little pond areas. You know, I don't know. That's like my life right now. Simple. What might be? It's <laughs> like the law. Yeah, I feel like I'd see like like things like highlighted. Mm. Like if things were like going to provide me with useful information. Um, I'd see them highlighted in different colors. I don't actually have like the color coordinated system like a lot of law students do because it gave me too much anxiety to like assign like yellow is the holding and like blue is the defendant's argument or whatever. Like I like couldn't. I was like, what if I haven't need another color? Um, so I freaked out and I I don't do that. But I think that could be cool and also maybe what my site would be. <laughs> that sounds a lot more useful than mine. Um, which again is still kind of accurate to life right now. So. <laughs> I love my son. But what yeah, would the rocks just... mean? I don't know, man. It's a great question. Well, he likes some f- really big rocks that make the biggest splash. So mm-hmm. if we could, like, the big rocks, the really big rocks that <laughs> have to, we'd have to be able to see splashes on the site, too. Um, mm. That would be something significant or fun. Or just, like, mm. whereas, like, the little teeny pebble rocks, like, you can kind of ignore that stuff. Like the the site that sees fun is great. That'd be fun. <laughs> fun or excitement. Soft things. I mean, that's really what, yeah, he loves soft things so much. Like, it's silly. Anyway, um, I wish that I loved something as much as he loves soft things. Because, like, he loves soft things so much. <laughs> like, he has this little blanket he just carries with him, and he'll just, like, tackle, hug, hug you. Um, all right. Well, anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, share it with your friends, and leave a rating and review. If you'd like to support Wildbow as he continues to write fantastic stories, go to patreon.com slash wildbow. You can follow the pod on Twitter at Pale Comparison or send us an email at paleincomparisonpod at gmail.com. Keep an eye out for our Reddit thread in our 
slash parahumans, where you can answer our discussion question and share your thoughts on this episode. In addition, if you would like to see all of my predictions laid out, check out our episode description for a link to a prediction tracker. All right. This week's fun fact is actually given to me by Malia. Kind of blew my mind. In 2015, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that a fish is not a tangible object. I'll include a link in the episode description. Yeah, what the heck? For that case. <laughs> what? Yeah, Malia blew my mind. Uh, not really in a good way. <laughs> kind of like a... <laughs> Statutory interpretation. <laughs> uh, gotta love law crap, I guess. Man. <laughs> Like, I'm pretty sure a fish is a tangible object, but what do I know? I mean, <laughs> the Supreme Court rules Five it. Supreme Court justices would say that you're wrong. <laughs> what did you say? It was yeah. five to four? It was five to four. And it wasn't the traditional breakdown. It was real fun. Everyone should look at that Wikipedia page. Yeah, and become slightly more depressed. Um, I mean, maybe I mean, it's not depressing. but I, I kind of just... think that the holding is right. Okay, I apparently need to look at this Wikipedia page because I'm just like, <laughs> what? Okay, I'm pretty sure a fish is, a, fish is a tangible object, guys. Cannons of construction. Not. Ruth Bader Ginsburg said that it wasn't, so. Okay, so if she said that it wasn't, then I guess it wasn't. <laughs> also, do you want to tell us who she cited for this case? Is that her that cited this? Or? Oh, no. So Kagan um, wrote the dissent. And um, as part of her dissent, where she was arguing that a fish is a tangible object, she cited Dr. Seuss, um, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish, to describe the fact that fish um, have, God, what is it? It's a really good quote. Sorry. A fish is, of course, a discrete thing that possesses physical form. (laughs) This is our country. you know. That we live in. Um, I don't know. Down with textualism. It's fine. (laughs) I'm going to take your word for that. Um, it just sounds it, it sounds ridiculous uh, but that's why it's our fun fact for the week so um, alright that, t- <laughs> that was a little longer than we usually spend talking about our fun fact but um, that just kind of blew my mind a little bit so it's a good one it's a good one alright have a good week you guys bye bye